when it comes to political labels, I'm a progressicon. Let me explain. I'm Garland McWaters, and this is the Spirit of Leading podcast. I'm one of those millions of Americans caught in a political crossfire between two extreme political views, labeled conservative and liberal. In the United States, we call them Republicans and Democrats. In my political lifetime, I've been registered both, a Republican at times and a Democrat at times, until, until I realized neither one of those parties spoke to me entirely and certainly Neither one of those parties speak for me at all. Since then, I've registered myself as an independent, or in some cases, no party affiliation. Not really a political party, sort of a political declaration of, I don't know what I am, but I'm not that. On this episode of the Spirit of Leading podcast, I want to introduce you to a different slice of that political spectrum that's been in want of a label. So I'm going to call them progressicons. Actually, a progressicon is not a political party or a point on the political spectrum. Progressicon is an attitude. You can be a progressicon and a member of a political party. The two are not mutually exclusive. You know, I think it's interesting that the U.S. Constitution is silent on political parties, even though political parties have been around even, well, since I guess before the British colonies declared their independence. Political ideology is embedded in the Constitution, in fact, and it continues to influence how the Constitution is actually applied or interpreted. That's because people just have different worldviews about how things ought to operate and who ought to be operating them. Going back, the first political parties in the United States were Federalists and the Democratic-Republicans, commonly known at that time just as Republicans. And they were every bit as politically divided then as we see in the United States today. The Federalists were led by Alexander Hamilton, and they closely aligned with Great Britain. Federalists thought that the government should be run by a strong executive like a monarch. They even thought maybe the president should be for life and they should protect the business class and the wealthy. On the other side, the Democratic-Republicans were led by Thomas Jefferson, and they aligned more with France because France had helped the colonies win their independence from Great Britain. The Democratic-Republicans believed that the working and the farming class should have the main influence in how the country operated as a republic. Early on, the Federalists had the advantage, but the Democratic-Republicans gained control in about 1800. The parties cultivated newspapers to present their partisan points of view. They developed local party systems and competed in the get-out-to-vote efforts, pretty much the same as what goes on now. And every bit is nasty. So when people today say the Founding Fathers meant this or they meant that, it kind of depends on which Founding Fathers you're talking about. They did not agree. And they fought using every means available to assure that their side prevailed. Why? Pretty simple, actually. Because the winning side 
gets to write the rules on how things should operate and would operate. Nothing has changed. And every generation kind of goes through that same fight, and the issues might change. In the Hamilton-Jefferson era, it had to do with the power of the president or the national debt, the central bank, and protecting the interests of certain classes of people, whether it's the wealthy class or the working agrarian class. And as the population expanded, the country grew, the issues shifted. Political parties took on slightly different textures from time to time. What's different today, however, is the technology. It's the immediate availability of information through our instant communication system. Back in colonial days, it took forever to find out what was going on, and there were only a few outlets. So, today, everything seems more immediate and more personal because it's right at the touch of our fingertips, actually. And right now, it seems like even the issues that we're debating about seem more personal in nature such as the extent to which the prevailing institutional religious doctrines should be codified into laws to grant or to restrict certain personal rights. The collection and distribution of taxes to support quality of life issues such as education, health, the environment, and even what it means to be an American allowed to express their agreement or disagreement about the way our government is owning up to its responsibilities. The different extremes have staked out positions and their intent in going farther to their opposite extremes in their messaging. Political ideology, frankly, has been weaponized. The chasm between extremes is widening. Opponents are hurling insults and slurs across this divide. And those who disagree, often referred to as the enemy. There's a national outcry for more civility in our political discourse. However, just because this is the way we've always done it, and we've always done it this way, does not mean that we should keep on doing it this way, on following this course. I believe it's time to reset our expectations of how America operates and to change our ways and the way we talk to each other. We have the technological advantage that our founders did not have, and we can use them to create a country suited for the future. So, I declare myself a progressicon, and I'm taking up the cause of many, like me, who think there is a better way forward. The label depicts a blend of progressive and conservative attitudes which I believe that actually most of us possess. Just consider the meaning, the actual meaning of the two words, progressive and conservative. Progressive means to make things better by using enlightened ideas and new or experimental approaches to solving problems and challenges. Conservative means to keep things the way they are, by limiting or slowing down change and to preserve the traditions and institutions that we've always held dear. Another way of saying it is, conservatives try to stay in the center of a comfort zone, and progressives push the edge of that comfort zone in order to enlarge it. Conservatives value and treasure safety and security, while progressives are willing to venture out into the unknown in order to become more secure in it. The progressives say, well, let's try it and see how it goes. 
the conservatives say, well, let's stay, let's stay with what we know and feel good about. Conservatives want to hang to the good old days, while the progressives believe that their best days are still ahead somewhere. So as a progressicon, I am willing to try new ideas to find creative and innovative solutions, but I don't want to be reckless or foolish in doing so. I do like to go boldly forward, but with appropriate planning and safeguards for those who need to move at a slower pace. I know not everyone wants to go exactly where I want to go or as quickly. I believe there are several values that undergird this progressicon mindset, and among them are inclusion, empathy, intellectual honesty, and collaboration. Inclusion means everyone is supposed to be included in the conversation. No one is excluded in any kind of way. They're not just welcome if they show up, but they're actually invited to be at the table. And the various points of view that they bring to the table are to be treated respectfully and allowed to be presented in their fullness without derision. Empathy is seeking to understand how a situation is affecting others by imagining how you would feel if you were in their place, trying to understand what's happening outside of yourself. Intellectual honesty requires your conclusions to be driven by verifiable facts, regardless of who presents them, and that the facts that you use to advance your own point of view are to be true and in context and not misrepresented. And this is a really big problem in our political discourse today. We just make stuff up. We don't even report all of a fact because we think it might take away from our point. That's got to stop. Intellectual honesty is an absolute must. And collaboration, what about that? Well, you've heard that the art of politics is compromise. Well, I don't believe that. I believe the art of politics, or of statesmanship, I might say, is collaborating. Collaboration is having the conversation in the intellectual and emotional space that allows a full and complete investigation of all points of view and treats all perspectives as legitimate in the pursuit of reaching the best possible solution for the greatest good. I've actually been involved in collaborative conversations and discussions in which coming together and discussing all of our points of view and why they were important to us and why they mattered and what we thought the implications of them might be, we actually ended up with a very creative solution that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise if we'd only argued and haggled and finally compromised on something. Well, when it comes to the spirit of leading, progressicons are not content following politicians who are looking for the next deal that furthers their own career. Not interested. Progressicons are looking for statesmen, solution finders, with the passion and the skills to build the bridges between all these islands of self-interest so that ideas and life experiences can cross-pollinate to make for a richer culture where we can feel safe in each other's presence and prosper and thrive in harmony. There is a better way. There's a better way to conduct political discourse than the derisive and biting language that's characterized it from the beginning and seems to be worsening in our time. 
Our democracy is older, but sadly, we're not necessarily more mature. With the communication tools and technology available, we can honor all points of view with healthy and honest exploration of ideas that help us to elevate our policymaking and hold true to the original ideal of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness with liberty and justice for all. That's what I believe, and that's why I call myself a progressicon. And I come in all colors. Well, that's it for this installment of the Spirit of Leading podcast. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community. Be watching for the next installment of the Spirit of Leading podcast. When you join the Empowered, you'll automatically receive future episodes in your mailbox. And you'll also receive links to my weekly Empowering Thoughts. Until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day. Encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters. Thank you.